0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. How many of you are going to go out for a meal? <laughs> no one, no one now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we just wanted it to coincide with 24-7 and what Ipswich and Prayer are doing. And and, uh, 24-7 is not just a a local uh, thing, it's a worldwide thing. And I believe God's doing something in the earth. And we need to pray. Tell your neighbor, we need to pray. Are you praying? Are you happy about praying? Are you happy about fasting? Fasting and praying. So I want to just share a little bit about fasting. Why fast? Fasting is a way for us to connect with God and draw closer to him. To be more sensitive to his leading when we give things up. So um, here's a couple of points. There are different types of fast. There's a full fast. How many of you have done a full fast? I've never done a full fast, I'll be really honest with you. I know people that have done 40 days and whatever. That's amazing. But I think it should be a discipline that we should have all of the time. So it's drink only fluids. You establish the number of days, but That's entirely up to you. Talk to your doctor before you fast. If you're on medication, you have to eat, then you need to talk to your doctor and obviously pray to the Holy Spirit to let him uh, direct you in that. There's the Daniel fast. Eat no meat. And all the vegetarians said, Amen. No sweets. (laughs) No sweets. That's just wrong, isn't it? No bread. Drink water or juice. Eat fruits and vegetables. Three day fast. Oh, that's a partial fast. All right, then. Three day fast. You can, uh, the fast can be full fast, annual fast, or give up at least one item of food. There's a partial fast. I quite like that, don't you? A partial fast. A partial fast is from six till three o'clock or from sun up to sundown. You can select from three types of fasting a full fast, a annual fast or give up at least one item of food. If you want to know more about a Daniel Fast, go on Google, Dr. Google. Who uses Dr. Google? He knows everything. Just go on Dr. Google and put there Daniel Fast, and it will come up for you. This includes, oh, there's another one, a soul fast. What's that? This includes, but it isn't limited to social media. I thought I'd get a reaction with that, but okay, that's fine. Music, don't watch me, don't listen to music. Don't watch TV. Turn your smartphone off, or you know limit its use so um, there 's some pointers there, and there are benefits to when we fast, close awareness of God, it brings the body under spiritual subjection, sometimes our flesh wants to go after things that our spirit doesn 't want and it 's about denying the flesh isn 't it a speedy answer to prayer sometimes a, a breakthrough with demonic oppression, deliverance from sinful or unhealthy. Habits uh, receive revelations from God. And so we need to just pray every day, don't we? And it's praying and fasting. Fasting without prayer is just a hunger strike. And we don't fast to diet, although some people do do that with partial fasts. But that's not what we're talking about. So I hope you're really excited about it. I'm really excited about it come Wednesday. I can see Andrew's really excited about it. Got to give up a lot of stuff, Andrew. So you've you've been gorging now, have you? Ready for Wednesday, that's it, lovely. Okay, the other thing I wanted to mention is that we're gonna run some interest groups. We've spoken about this a little bit. And these are some of the activities that we're thinking about. Petrol Heads, you know the girls do it much better. Kaleidoscope, Petrol Heads, Kaleidoscope, Petrol Heads, you decide who's the loudest. Come on, who's the most excited? The ladies, they are, aren't they? Actually, we're going to have a meeting. What date is it, Steve? The 28th of February. Bunch of guys. And ladies, if you want to come, if you're a petrolhead, you can come as well. We're going to go to a pub, maybe have a coffee. We We can't eat anything, can we? Because I think we're still fasting, are we? Or do we break the fast on that day? Do we break the fast on that day? I was going to say we're going to have steak, egg, and chips, but we're not now. Okay, that's gone. That's off the menu. That's off the menu. So we're looking forward to that. We've already got some guys that play football. Is that right, Henny, the guys here? I know Derek's here. Is that right, Derek? Have we got any pictures to show? I thought, did we have pictures, Steve? We do, are oh, lovely. We're going to put those pictures up now. Don't you love technology? Just talk among yourselves while we wait. I mean, everything is seamless here. Look at that. That's what petrol heads do on the right. You see that? We sit in a shed surrounded by motorbikes, dirty, filthy, have a cup of tea, mug of tea, no cups. There's no cups and saucers when you come. Is that all right? So if you're a lady and you want to, or a guy, you want a cup and saucer, you're not going to get a cup and saucer, and it'll probably be dirty. Is that all right? We're immune. Is that all right? And then we just talk rubbish, eat chips, and yeah, that's what we do. And football, we all know about football, don't we? Yes, Fantastic. Valor Men's Group. How about the men that's hear it for the men? Yeah. That's a bit better. That's okay. And then Kaleidoscope. Oh, lovely. What about an art class? Maybe some of you like art and you, don't, and you like to be with other people and, and sort of do some art. Maybe you could start a class of art. What about golf? How about hear it for the golfers? Oh, They're really excited, aren't they? Yeah. I really want to, I can't wait to get with that group because they're that excited. I mean, I might get that excited as well. I'm a bit of a, oh, praise God I am. I'm a bit of a hacker, but I like the fellowship afterwards as well. That's really good, isn't it? Sit around with a bunch of blokes. Or oh, lady, hang on, all right. God dear, you know, I'll tell you what, it's been a long morning for me already. Just, just give me some grace, is that all right? Men and ladies and anyone else that wants to play golf, so you are welcome. What about um, a games night? Who loves games? Lovely. I'm not, I'm, I don't like games. What do you mean? What's the, what's the boo for? I played games as a kid and all my friends were just so competitive, I thought, I don't like games. What about crafts? Who likes crafts? Let me hear all the crafty people. Put your hands up. Yeah, look at all those, craft, those crafty people need praying for. What about a walking group? Yay. Oh, there we go. There's some walkers. That's fantastic. How about cycling? Yay. Oh, it's getting less. <laughs> where's all the motorcycle guys? Yay. That's me and Ian and a few others. And Danny. Come on, Danny. Where's your... Yay. Danny needs a bike. Has anyone got a bike to donate to get Danny? Because <laughs> he needs one. Uh, Bible, if you want to do a Bible study, that's okay. Or what about a quiz night, Philip? hey quiz quiz nights and game nights you can do at the same time can't you okay so if you want to head up one of these activities establish a group or interest number one find the person to organize it that might be a part of step one set up a whatsapp group where we can invite people to join and make these groups known to the church through email and um one of the reasons as i was praying last year about one of our values is vision uh, is um, witness <laughs> so it has been a long day is witness and one of the reasons why we want to have interest groups is to draw friends in friends and family come to a games night come walking come cycling how i don't get that many chance, i don't get that, that many chances to go out and reach people for jesus people in my world that i might know that might come to a games night they might not come to church Oh, they might come to football or they might come to anything else that we do. So that's the reason behind it to try and draw people in through fellowship and through relationship. Isn't that, is that important? Yeah. Okay, look, I'm going to pray, then we're going to get into our message um, carrying on with this sinner, uh, this sinner, carrying on with this series, The Authority of the Believer. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that I have to worship and fellowship a living God. In a nation that allows me to do that, that I have freedom of expression to practice my faith in a real and authentic way. I thank you, Father God, for your word. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that you honor your word above your name. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will endure forever. Thank you for your word that goes forth today. Lord, I'm just the messenger. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher carry this message to every heart, every ear, every heart that's open, every ear to be open this morning, to hear what the Spirit would say to the church regarding this subject. And if you love the Lord, you'll say amen. Have you got your Bibles with you? It's good to bring your Bibles to church. It's the sword of the Spirit. I know some of these verses might be a little familiar to you, but we're talking about the authority of the believer. Are there any authorities that have been placed in our life? Can you just shout some out for me, just randomly? Sorry? Sorry? The police, who likes the police? Two of us do, three of us do, okay. You know, without the police, what would our streets, I know they're bad as, at the moment, but if we had no police, what would they be like? there would be absolute anarchy. Any other authorities in our lives? The government, who loves the, uh, no, I won't ask that question. The next one, what's the next one? Parents. You got any young uh, last, last week I picked on Frankie, and where's Frankie? Frankie and, and, yeah, they're not sitting on the front row anymore. Have you noticed that? (laughs) I picked on them, and they've gone. And she she actually said to me, Frankie, I just said, suck it up. (laughs) Should I say that? It's not very kind, is it? And she said, I'm going to get you back. So I've got to watch my back. Any other authorities that have been placed in our lives? Oh, (laughs) really? Oh, I don't know about that. I'll have to look in the book of exaggerations to find that. Um, anyone else? Teachers. teachers. Okay, submit to your teachers. Who, many, who likes authority? There's only a few of us that like authority. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, and who's placed these authorities in our lives? Where do they come from? We saw that last week. God is the one who's instituted authority. And why do you think those authorities are there, really? They're there for our protection. That's what they're there for. Okay, we're going to have a look at when Jesus calls these the, what we call the fivefold ministry. You might know these verses, you might not, but follow them in your Bible if you can. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, let's hear it for the pastors, and the teachers to equip, look at, look at that, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be, oh, there's Frankie, uh, Steffi, sorry, Steffi. I won't get on your case today, I promise. She's amazing. You are amazing, by the way. Is that all right? Where's your sidekick? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. See, your friend, You know, where are your friends? They can desert you in times of need, can't they? But there you go. I won't pick on you today. I'm not going to say the same about Frankie, but anyway. Why is that? So that we can build. though The five-fold ministry is there to build the rest of the church up. God has called these people. That word built up. I know if you want to know what this means. The word built up in the Greek means to equip it means to encourage and it means to edify how many of you like to receive encouragement how many of you receive encouragement like a text like Kyle last last week I sent him a text and just said that that was amazing and that testimony he gave last week he was at the almost at the end of his tether when he wanted to give up and he had life group in the evening but he needed to know he needed to go to life group he knew that and he went and he felt really encouraged and then lots of people sent in messages and he was really encouraged do you think the pastor needs encouragement sometimes yeah. yes. uh, just a couple of yeses there okay the king james version uses the word edifying which means oh, i love this look at that the act of one who promotes another's growth, growth in Christian wisdom. That's what edifying means. Let me say that again. The act of one who promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom. Isn't it great when you see someone saved and then you see them grow from week to week, month to month, year to year? Isn't that amazing to see people like that? And maybe you've had a hand in that, in, in leading someone to Christ. It's a really powerful thing. So this is the part of the role of the pastor, verse 13. Until we all, everyone say all, reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son and God and become mature. The goal for me, I think the goal for Christ is to see all of us become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, is there to bring maturity to believers through teaching, mentoring, and discipling. The Apostle Paul goes on to write in verse 14 and says this, Then we will no longer, this is why we need to be built up, this is why we need to grow in our maturity and become mature Christians, so that we're not babies. Then we will no longer be like children. Children. How do you know children are selfish? How many parents have we got here? This is lighthearted, all right? We're not going to dumb down on the children and say the children are horrible. Children are a blessing, aren't they? But they want their own way, don't they? Even from a little age. We were with someone the other day, and this child had everything. Got a toy in front of it, one of these toys, but it wanted my remote. And got the remote, and it was playing around, but it couldn't have something else. And he started crying, laying on the floor. As young as that baby was, just over a year old, it started to whinge. And I said to the mother, well, if he's going to play with my toys and wants my toys, I want to play with his toy. We We need to grow up, don't we? No, I'm speaking to the wrong crowd here. Then we will no longer be children forever changing our minds about what we believe. Because someone has told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. This is why we need to. I'm going to keep banging on about it. Keep banging on about it. Don't believe a word that I say. Don't believe just off the cuff a word that anyone says that stands in a pulpit just don't believe it. Check it out for yourself. Do we need to believe it? Of course we do. But we need to check it out for ourselves. We need to study to show ourselves approved. Well, you're a pastor. You need to study. I think we all do. This is why we need to grow up. The message says, look at the bottom of that line there. God wants us to grow up. Tell your neighbor. Say it nicely in a nice positive way and say, grow up. Grow up. Turn to your neighbor the other side and say, you look grown up to me. I have, a, I, I have a pastor friend who said to me, I was chatting to him about discipleship, and he said to me, people generally believe what they hear. People generally believe what they hear. We take things at face value too much. I don't think we need to believe everything that we hear, but to check it out for ourselves. Let's have a look at what the Apostle Peter writes about pastors. 1 Peter 5, 2. If you've got your Bibles, if you haven't, you can look behind me. The New King James, it says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. I like that word. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Pastors are not meant to lord it over people, but they're meant to be examples to the flock. They're meant to lead by examples in their life and lead exemplary lives as much as possible so people can follow. What did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. We've got to look at the Christ in the people. Amen? Look for the Christ in people. Don't just follow a man. I've seen it too much. People put... Pe- people on pedestals, and when they fall, you know people get discouraged by that. Never look to a man or a ministry. Always look to Jesus. My role for you is to point you to Jesus, not to a man, not to a ministry, and say, "Look, look, look! What we're doing? Look how good! Look how good the church is! How amazing is that?" It's all about Jesus. It's about how good He is. Amen. So I'm quiet in here. I love that word. The King James uses the word feed. Feed the flock of God, not shepherd the flock of God. I like that. And it means this. Oh, it's not there. Okay, it means to feed. It means to tend. It means to rule. I know you don't like that word. Nourish. Cherish. It means to serve the body. I'm here to serve this body. And I serve the body with the word of God. That's part of what I do. And obviously, we do marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, post-marriage counseling, counsel people, look after people, minister to people. And that's, that's part of our role. And I love this, that word, nourish, cherish, and serve the body. What about expect those in authority to give instructions? Should we give instructions as pastors? Let's have a look at this in 1 Thessalonians five 5.12. Excuse me, I'm just going to have a... That's up. Are you okay? Are you okay? I love you, really. And I would only say good about you. I think we've got an amazing fellowship. I was just thinking, I know some ministers that go round, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. They're going round to churches because the minister's left or something's happened with the church, and there's no one looking after the church, and the churches are dwindling. There's no pastor there. And that's what churches need. They need a pastor, need a shepherd to look after the flock. And it's just sad to see that all these churches dwindling. I spoke to two uh, retired pastors. They're in the mid-70s now. And they've now become the superintendents of two churches to look after the churches at their age because they haven't got anyone to lead the church. I think that's really sad, isn't it? So love your pastor. <laughs> Even if he can be a little bit out there sometimes and I am but you know get get to know my heart that's why we do newcomers meals so I can get to know the people that we're serving and they can get to know us we're not that crazy really Andrew are we? Really? <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay I'll be the first to say I'm a little crazy you're all right okay look at this but we request of you brethren that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. So when the pastor gives you instruction, what are you meant to do? Oh, not rebel. I probably would have rebelled as a new Christian. I don't know. Can we see that? The uh, The Lord has raised these people up in our churches to have charge over you. What does that mean? You think, oh, that seems a little heavy. Let's see what that means. It will come up. Thank you for technology. Look at that. To set over, to superintend. I love the rest of it. So it's not just about you know, being, having a stern pastor telling you what to do. To be a protector. The shepherd must protect the flock. Amen? A guardian to give aid, to care for. That's what charge over means. To care for the flock. And I hope that Esther and I and our leaders are doing a fair job of that. Yes, Pastor. <laughs> we're just the under shepherds to the good shepherd. That's who we are. And I hope we're being obedient to Christ as we lead this flock. How should we treat pastors and those who lead churches? Let's have a look at verse 13 of was it Hebrews, is it? What was it? 1 Thessalonians 5:13. The amplified says this. And that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. How about that? Esteem those in authority in your church very highly. What does that word esteem mean? I don't know whether we hear messages like this in church very often, I really don't know. It means respect, it means value, it means God, it means appreciate and it means honor. We're not honoring or esteeming the man, but the office that they hold. Do you understand that? Some people go home after a message and they have roast pasta for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a few pastors here. Is that true, pastors? Don't say anything. Please don't say anything. Verse 14 in the Amplified. We earnestly urge you believers. Look at this next word. If you don't like this word, all these verses, just rip it out of your Bible. Just rip the page out and say, I don't like that. Admonish. What's that mean? Fool, that's quite harsh, isn't it? Sorry? Discipline. If we're not disciplined, if you don't discipline children in love, how will they be? They, they will be undisciplined. And God disciplines us. Why does He do that? Because He loves us. That's what the Bible says. But how do we discipline people? We discipline them in love, don't we? Don't we? It's gone quiet in here. Sometimes there needs to be some kind of discipline in the church because we work with people, and people are people. A lot of people are broken still in the church. A lot of people are broken in the church. And we've got to work and live with one another with understanding and try and care for one another. It's not just my role to care for you, but everyone else. I was just listening to in our prayer time here this morning. I won't embarrass the person. And he just felt laid on his heart, that someone, he just wanted to text somebody, a young lady. It was all, all innocent and that kind of thing. And he sent this text to this young lady. And she was so encouraged by, just by that text. Because she was going through a hard time on that day. That's caring for one another. And he felt encouraged because he had encouraged someone else. And they felt encouraged. The Bible says encourage one another daily, doesn't it? While it's cool today. Admonish those who are out of line, the undisciplined, the unruly, the disorderly. I know there's no disorderly here or unruly people here. <laughs> Encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage, help the spiritually weak, be patient with everyone. Gotta be really patient with people. So, God has placed those in authority over us in the Lord. We're not to lord it over people, but to care for the flock. Did you know that the moment you join a church, you come under the spiritual authority of that church? And I'm not talking about a heavy, oppressive, you do what I say or else. That's not what it's about. When We, we lived in South Africa and part of a big church there. And when I came back, I heard of, about a thing that I'd never heard of in, in, over in South Africa. It was called heavy shepherding. Anyone hear about that? Literally, the pastors would tell people what they could and couldn't do, who they could marry, who they couldn't. What insurance to take out? Really stupid things. Where does that come from? That's not what the Bible says about those in authority. We're to love the flock. Is that right? And if, and if they get out, do sheep get out? You know, we, I'm called a shepherd or an under-shepherd. Well, what are you called? Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> How many sheep farmers have we got? Anyone that had anything to do with sheep? They're an unruly bunch, aren't they? Oh, Tim has, yeah. He, he was a sheep farmer. They can be a bit unruly, and what's the shepherd got to do? He's got to have a dog, A need he? to, to herd the shepherd in the, the sheep because they won't go, will they? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit like people. No, not really. <laughs> Come on, we got, to, we got to love. We love people. We got to love people. That's why we're here to love. Jesus came to to love you, to accept you. We love you and we accept you just as you are. But God wants us to change and grow to maturity, to become like Christ. Not like the past, and not like the church, but like Christ. I don't know whether you're going to like this, these next few verses here. Let's have a look at this. Do these studies at home for yourself. Obey. Everyone say obey. obey. Say it quiet. Say it very quietly. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit. Who likes that word? I didn't like that word when I first heard that. I'm not going to submit to anybody. I'm my own person. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are doing what? Keeping watch over your souls. How do we do that? How do pastors do that? By spending time alone with the Father. Not just praying for their own needs, but praying for the needs of every person that's in their care every person and you know how many problems there could be in a room like this in any one day in any one week where people feel overwhelmed they're burnt out they're tired they're weary they've got problems in their marriage they've got problems with their children they've got problems with their family families at war and we get to hear about this and we have to minister to those people we need wisdom to do that so we spend time alone with god praying for you you feel sorry for us i mean come on that's why i'm saying all these things they keep watch over your souls continually what guarding your spiritual welfare look at the language here that word watch in the greek keep awake be attentive be ready You ask any pastor, you've got to be on it all the time. You've got to be so, and sometimes we, sadly, pastors can be so focused on on what they're doing that they miss out with the one that they're doing it for. We can get so involved with the work of the Lord and we miss the Lord of the work. There's got to be that balance, and it can be out of kilter. And as a young pastor, we'd almost neglect our families for the sake of ministry. Pastors' kids have a don't they, Julia? have a hard time the expectation of a pastor's kid from the congregation is massive they expect those kids to be squeaky clean serving all the time doing everything it's tough for pastor's kids pks we call them it's tough and when we were going to come to the UK we said to our kids look we're going back to to England you're part of this God has called us there to start a church are you happy that we go they were 17 and 13 at the time And they they were in agreement. Despite all the hard work and the stuff that pastors do, they were in agreement to come. And it's just amazing that they're part of it. Look at that, be ready. Exercise constant vigilance over something. A wakeful frame of mind. Someone, I won't name who it was. I won't point in his direction. But he said, I only work one day a week. He was speaking to me and another pastor that I met this morning. That is actually true. Uh, We only do one day a week. But he was just kidding and I accepted that. I'll slip something in his coffee afterwards. It's all right. (laughs) So the connotation of all of that is for us to be watchful over the sheep. You know, the the Bible talks about, is it in John, where it says um, about the hireling. Someone's going to get that for me. I thought of it this morning. That we're not a hireling. When, when we see the wolf coming, the shepherd must deal with the wolf. Otherwise, he's just a hireling. Amen? And sometimes there are wolves in our churches. I know that's hard to understand that. But sometimes there are. People with you know, impure motives and sometimes come in to ravage the sheep. And sometimes, you, I, Andrew is an elder in the church. And there have been times I've had to call on Andrew to go to see people. And obviously, you... And some people just don't seem to learn. And there have been times, not very many, and I think only once, we had to ask someone to leave the church because they wouldn't stop doing what they were doing. And it was continually hurting people. Continually hurting people. And we had to do that. Do you think that was really easy? That's really hard. But you've got to do it in a spirit of meekness. What does Galatians 6.1 say? If you see someone in a fault, go and speak to that one in a spirit of humility. Someone get that for me. I think it's Galatians 6.1. And just read it out very quickly. If you see someone caught in a fault, you who are spiritual, go and minister to that one in the spirit of meekness, lest you fall into the same same sin. Something like that. I think that's what it says. So we need to be diligent. We need to be looking out. That's what the shepherd does. If he sees anything coming to those sheep, he's out there guarding the sheep. That's what the shepherd does. I think you feel even more sorry for me now. (laughs) <laughs> the next part of that verse, the the easy read version. Obey them so that their work will give them joy. You know, it's a joy to be a pastor. There can be some heartache, but there's a lot of joy. There's more joy than heartache, and there can be heartache. Obey them that their work will give them joy, not grief. It won't help you to make it hard for them. It goes on to say in the... Um, exaggerated version, bring your pasta cake. (laughs) That's the next part of that verse. It says, look after their mobile. It says, wash their car when the car's dirty. Make the mobile every Sunday, invite them to lunch. That's what it says in the next verse, but I I haven't got time to put that verse up. But anyway, (laughs) this is what that word obedience means. Now, someone blessed me with a a new spirit life Bible, because mine had is now the, the old one, is the loose leaf edition. You understand, it's all falling apart. And I, I started reading this, and I looked at that word obedience in my notes in my Spirit Life Bible, and it said this. The obedience commanded denotes agreement to someone else's directions. And submission means yielding one's contrary opinions in favors of another. I know you don't like that very much. The writer doesn't suggest blind unquestioning obedience to everything a leader says if there's something you don't agree with and come to us and say I didn't quite like that the way you put that across I'll say sorry if that offended you I'm really sorry I might not apologize for what I said but maybe in the way I said it if it came across wrong and you're allowed to challenge any leader but there's a way to do it you do that with grace you do that with respect don't get in their face That's not good, is it? So it's not about blind, we we need to question everything. Every single thing. Even decisions that we make. I have a team of people around me and I listen to the things that they share with me about how we take the church on, what we do and so on. That's really, really important. And I'm accountable to three men in our church. Well, two men in our church and one outside of the church. And I am accountable to them all of the time. If I have any problems, I go to Andrew First, I go to someone else, I won't mention their name at the moment, and George in London, we pray every single week. And if I have any challenges, i would f- go to Andrew first, because I need wisdom. We need wisdom. In the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. Leaders, pastors need wisdom to govern the church well. What did, what did Solomon say when God said, oh, you can have all the, anything you want? What did he say? Oh, give me the wisdom. And he was a young man. He said, give me the, the wisdom to, what's the word? I had it, but I've lost it. Give me the wisdom to govern your people well. And God said, because you've said that, you can have all the riches as well. A young man said that. How many of us would have said, big, fast car, Danny? (laughs) The new new bike that's coming soon. Don't tell. I won't look over that way. I'm going to get the evils in a minute. (laughs) So the word obey, it's not what you think it is. Have confidence in. Believe to listen to, yield to, and trust. I think when you get to know the heart of your pastor, the heart of your leader, you trust them a little more. So, people say, I'll submit to God, but I won't submit to a man. They make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But if God has put that person in authority over the church, someone's got to, make, someone's got to have the final say. Someone's got to say, this is the way it goes. Amen. But you have a team of people around you to gain wisdom before you make the Western culture thing. And I know, I know, submission is a hard thing to, to grasp in our Western culture. As a young man, I, I didn't want to submit to anybody. I was wayward. I was out of control. I did what I wanted to do. I wanted to abuse authority and abuse anything that abused authority. But I have a, a, a high regard for authority. How many? Have been, I asked this question the other week. It's funny. How many you been stopped by the police? I was stopped by the police. And I've told this story before. I was with Esther on my bike. Esther's on the back. And a friend, Graham, we were riding around. And uh, blue lights and a motorcycle popped. And it's a policeman. I thought, oh, what have we done wrong? So he stopped us. And he says, "He said, um, uh, I've, got, I've got number plate recognition on my bike. I looked at your number plate. And it won't read it because it's the wrong type of number plate. And I said, oh, really? And he looked at it. Got, I, got, I had a custom number plate made. And I had the faster pastor. No, it's true. I've still got the number plate. The faster pastor made on the bottom. And he said, oh, Are you a pastor? And I said, Yeah. He said, I feel intimidated now. <laughs> no, he did. And I said, That's okay. I'm wrong. Give me the ticket. I'll fix it. The old Richard <laughs> might have said something a little bit different, might have been a bit argumentative. Just say, I'm sorry, officer. Who is it? Lydia said last week, What duty should I cry? When the police stop me, I cry. Can you imagine me crying in front of the police officer? You say, just man up. You are getting a ticket Testament, and I'll I'll close close with this. Yeah, so obedience. What about the, in the Old Testament, and I'll I'll close, I'll close with this. I won't go into the next one, into the scary bit. We'll do that another time. But in the Old Testament, when the Israelites, uh, Israelites obeyed God, they were blessed. And when they didn't, we can see that in Deuteronomy 28, if you want to, Take that reference down and read that from verse 1 down to about verse 16 or 17. And it says, when they disobeyed, they were cursed. I know that's a tough word, curse. But the the base meaning of curse means the absence of a blessing. That's what it means. So when we're obeying God, obeying the authorities that God has put in place over all of us. Why? For our protection. Then I think we're going to live a life under protection. Amen. It's like being under the umbrella in the rain being under the umbrella of God and the way he expresses how we should live for him on the earth, when we step outside of that umbrella, what's going to happen? We're going to get wet, aren't we? He who who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's where we need to be abiding. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father. You know, it's an absolute joy and a privilege to be a a pastor of a a wonderful congregation like we have here. We're just so blessed to have so many amazing people serve us and serve you. You know, maybe you're here today, and authority is is a word that you've hated. Maybe your life, and you've had a problem with authority. It could be a parent. Some overbearing parent, maybe a pastor, a minister, someone's treated you really badly. And you have a, a struggle with, and maybe you had a struggle listening to what I've had to share this morning. It takes, you know, time to trust people and to trust authorities in our lives. They're only people, they're only men and women making decisions. But their jobs can be very difficult and challenging. We need to take that into account. But if you've been hurt by, Anyone like that, and you're here today, we have a prayer team after the service. If you want to chat to someone about that, they'll pray with you before you go. But I want to give people the opportunity, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've never made him the Lord of your life, you know, there's there's protection in serving Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. You'll be a part of a family. And maybe you don't feel part of that family at the moment, but you can be. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're here this morning, well, no one's looking around. And you say, I think you're speaking to me today, Pastor. Just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to confess him as my Lord today. I'm tired of being in the driving seat of my car, of my life, and I want God to be in the driving seat of my life. Is that you today? Or maybe you have backslidden. You were a regular member of a church but you've just grown cold in your heart towards the things of God because maybe things have happened in your life and you want to return you're here today I believe God's knocking on the door of your heart and the handle to that door is on the inside and God is knocking and he just wants you to open the door he's never going to force his way in and if that's you today would you open the door of your heart and say Jesus come in fill me refresh me again I want to be yours again Lord and God will accept you just as you are Am I talking to you today? If that's you, just slip your hand up or no one's looking around and say, that's me. I want to com- commit my life to Jesus or I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Anybody here this morning? Okay, I'm going to pray. We're going to have some fellowship and which is really, a really important part of what we do as a church family. Like I say, after the meeting, if you've got... A burden? you need prayer for anything, please come forward. The prayer team will be here to have lanyards on and they'll pray for you for whatever you need prayer for. So Father God, we thank you for this wonderful day where we could come the first day of the week and celebrate our Lord and serve our Lord and worship our Lord and our King. And hopefully listen to a message that that can be quite challenging in the natural sense but liberating in another, knowing that when we are under authority... We can have authority. When we're under authority that God has instituted, we can be protected and kept safe. So, Father, I pray and hope this, this message just comes across with love, with encouragement from the Father. And, Lord, as we go right now, I thank you that your angels would encamp around about us. Keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.